Welcome to Man Plus Studio Daily Drive. Today we're going to be talking about equalization and filtering. And before we really get into equalization, we just need to talk about a couple of uh, prerequisite kind of things. And number one, let's talk about the um, human hearing range and essentially what the frequency spectrum is. So um, the human average human hearing range essentially is averaged at 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz in terms of frequency range. And so the frequency spectrum, when we talk about the spectrum, we're talking about 20 hertz, which is the sub-frequencies, all the way up to 20,000 hertz, which are really, really high piercing frequencies. You know, um, and beyond those ranges, uh, because the human hearing range on average doesn't really have the ability to take those in, beyond those ranges, we're talking about inaudible frequencies, you know, um, so that's why we usually specifically talk about 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz. Now, in reality, um, you know, if you go get a hearing test or if you do a simple sine wave test on yourself, you take that sine wave and put it at about 18,000 hertz. Um, the question you're going to ask yourself is, do you hear that tone or do you not? Because as we age, uh, unfortunately, the high frequencies and our ability to, to um, interpret high frequencies actually diminishes. So, you know, as you age, you could expect to maybe kind of cut off that 20,000 hertz and back it off to maybe 16. Um, what's funny is about a year ago, I did a test on a whole group of students, average age about 21. Um, and out of the 10 of them, I had four or five that didn't hear any frequencies above 12,000 hertz. You know, so it's not as much as age nowadays because some of these kids are actually, unfortunately, damaging their their hearing before they even get to uh, experience uh, the whole aging factor for hearing loss in the high frequency range. But anyway, going back to that spectrum, you know, that that frequency spectrum, and we talk about that range. So we're talking 20, 20 hertz um, down in the sub sub frequencies, kind of shake the walls kind of thing, all the way up to twenty thousand hertz. Now. Let's talk about a little bit of those ranges. Now, you're, you may kind of have a little bit of uh, understanding of how those work, but, but when we talk about low frequencies, you know, um, the low frequencies are really anything be, below 250. When we really talk about, like, you know, the, the, the low, and then we a lot of times we break up and say, well, there's a low mid, so it's not just a middle range, but there's a low mid range, and it kind of floats. It's a little different for, for a different spectrum, you know, perspectives, but you're looking at anywhere between that 250 hertz uh, all the way up to maybe like, you know, uh, 1K-ish, and then from 1K on, you know, so 1,000 hertz, which is in the middle of the spectrum where all the vocals typically reside, a lot of that, you know, the speaking voice is very dominant in that kind of range. Um, that whole area right there, from there to about, you know, 6, 6 7K uh, is really your high mid-range, and then above that, you're looking at your high range. You know, so when we talk about low, low mid, uh, um, high mid, and high, those are kind of the ranges that we're talking about. So let's talk about some of these EQ filters, what they do, what we can expect from them. So in terms of equalization, you know, EQ essentially is a process that is done on the frequency spectrum. So when we talk about processing, you know, we're really talking about frequency processing and frequency enhancement. Um, the purpose of our equalization, a lot of times, as most of you know, it, it is really to sweeten um, some of the sounds and make sure that we're tailoring uh, each individual sound in the studio, in our mix down, or even even in the recording process, so that it essentially sounds appropriate and it has the right balance for what we're aiming for. You know, and it doesn't always mean flat. And I think that that's one thing that most people get confused with is they think, okay, well, I'm supposed to get a flat signal and a flat response. Well, it it really in in the end. 
you know, the reason you want a microphone with a flat response is so that you can tailor your own EQ and your own elements into uh, the sound and not have to deal with things that the mic put in that you're then having to compensate for. Um, you know, but really you want a flat response on your final mix down and that's great, but that's the, the, the culmination of all of your tracks. So when it comes to track by track, each track essentially needs to have some sort of uh, filtering, um, you know, and it needs to be tailored so that everybody kind of fits together, you know, and they work together and they're not getting in the way of each other. So there's essentially, you know, no uh, negative effect um, uh, known as masking that's going on. And masking essentially is the idea that, like, if you were to mix two items that share some of the same frequencies, um, that they would essentially cover each other up to the point that you, if, if you were to describe them when you're listening to them together, if you describe them individually, um, you'd have a different description of them than when you solo them by themselves and then you listen to it and you go, oh, you know, wow, that kick sounds really full and low until I add this bass, this bass synth, this sub bass synth in. And then all of a sudden when they're in there together, the kick kind of sounds weak, you know? And so that's part of the, the reason why we need to EQ because we're basically trying to get everybody to fit in the same place, but yet be out of each other's way enough so that we don't have to deal with um, the masking element and we can really truly hear what's going on. So with equalization, we really start talking about what identifies you know, one element from the, from the next. And so EQ filtering. So let's talk about some of the basic things that most people will come across. It's kind of interesting. So all of our pro audio users, you guys, you guys see the whole spectrum. You manipulate the whole spectrum. You, you really work with the whole EQ parameter. But a lot of the, the newer individuals, especially those that are, that are making beats or that are working on um, things like uh, Ableton Live or, um, or Reason or Logic, you know, a lot of what they first see uh, are things like high pass and low pass and band pass. Oftentimes, they'll just say HP, LP, or BP. Um, and essentially, uh, the high pass and the low pass, when they're both used together, it's called a band pass. Um, and so these are all filter types. So um, let's start with a high pass. So the high pass, it, it, the high pass, it's kind of confusing because most people tend to get this all backwards. The high pass is a filter that allows the highs to pass and it cuts out the lows at the given frequency that you provide. So like when you set your high pass, you have to tell it what frequency you want it to be cut off at. You know, so if you said, hey, I'm gonna set a high pass at 200 hertz, Essentially what's happening is, is you're allowing all the frequencies above 200 hertz to pass through the EQ and anything below the 200 hertz is gone. Yeah. So, and that's pretty simple. Um, but in addition to that, there is something called the Q. And the Q is that thing that you'll see that goes along with those passes that, that usually has the number 12 or 24. You know, so like on a, on a Reason, a lot of the synth filters just have a button that you hit that says HP 12, you know, or HP 24, you know. And essentially what that is, is, is it's saying uh, how many decibels per octave are being cut at the frequency mark. So I said if I have a high pass at 200 hertz and it's at a, a 24 dB per octave, um, essentially what's happening is, is that 24 dB per octave it, uh, essentially would say HP 24, and you set it at 200 hertz, it means for every octave below 200 hertz, you're gonna lose 24 decibels. So remembering that um, how we look at octaves in the frequency band, 
you know, octaves that are essentially duplicates, uh, you know, like if I say, hey, I want an octave up from 200 hertz, it's 200 hertz times two, you know, uh, so it's 400 hertz. And if I say I want an octave down from 200 hertz, it's 200 hertz divided by two, which of course is 100 hertz. So the expectation is if I have a high pass at 200 hertz with a 24 dB um, uh, cut per octave, essentially what's gonna happen is it's going to diminish all the way until we get to 100 hertz. At 100 hertz, anything that was at 100 hertz is gonna be turned down negative 24 dB. So that's kind of what that means. So the thing that gets confusing about high pass filtering is sometimes instead of calling it, uh, you know, essentially calling it a high pass filter, um, sometimes what you'll see is is you'll see um, you'll actually see it called um, the low cut. So like a high pass filter allows the highs to, to pass and it cuts the lows below the frequency that you select. Sometimes you'll see on some consoles or in some situations, instead of it being called a high pass filter, it'll actually just be called a low cut. And um, essentially, uh, you know, what that'll look like is you'll go, oh, what is, you know, what is this? And essentially it's just, a, it's just really just a low filter, you know, and sometimes you'll see it listed as the, the LF, you know. Um, so it's really important to kind of keep, keep that in line. Now the low pass filter just does the exact opposite. So if we go to the next filter type, the LP, low pass filter allows the lows to pass, cuts all the highs, not too difficult. Um, in addition to that, though, when we have the band pass, the band pass is very popular. Now, band passing, it, it's used all the time on vocals. You know, so if you're recording your vocals and you're just letting them fly without really doing much EQing, then you're missing out on what on the benefits of having these kind of filters be applied because most vocals aren't allowed to just use all the high high frequency energy and all the low frequency energy. They're usually typically band passed. And band passing, like if I were to give you a description of band pass, one you know some people would say, well, you know the the te the telephone effect, you know that kind of sound, you know, is an example of a band band pass. But that's a that's a band pass with a very narrow band. And when we say band, we mean Band essentially just is defined by how large of a spectrum we're using at a given time. So when we say that it's a band pass, it's just because we're taking away the high frequencies and the low frequencies and we're only allowing a certain band to go through the filter. But in reality, you know, most people use a band pass very simply by, you know, applying a uh, high pass filter at maybe 100 hertz and a low pass filter at maybe, you know, 10K. It's not a really narrow band, but it subdues enough of the high frequencies and the low frequencies to really help us out. Um, in addition to that, we have our shelves. We have a high shelf and a low shelf. They basically do the same thing, except the high shelf stays in the highs, low shelf stays in the lows, you know, it's made for the lows in terms of the filters and the shelves. The shelves are really designed so that you can very easily just say, oh, you know what, I want more highs starting at 5K and I'm gonna turn it up with my gain. You know, So on your EQ, you're gonna have a positive and a negative gain option for this type of filter. So in the shelving, you could either turn the shelf up or turn the shelf down. If you want more highs, you could say, all right, let's take a, a plus two decibel you know, at 5K. You could turn it up two decibels at 5K and what the shelf is gonna do is it's gonna start at 5K with that plus two, and it's gonna take it all the way to the end of the high spectrum. So it'll literally be, the starting point is your frequency on the shelf, and it goes all the way to the end of the spectrum. It's a really easy tool, I use it tons of times, it, it, and it's very beneficial, because then you could just really say, hey, you know what, I just need it to be brighter overall. I don't wanna go in and specifically pick uh, one frequency that needs to be bright, I want it to be brighter overall.
And, uh, you know, one of the big keys to that is, is that in reality, if you're making really sharp moves, really drastic moves all over your EQ graph, it usually doesn't sound very natural. So like, it's a very natural move to use the shelves because they're nice and big and broad, you know, so you could do that. You could, you know, um, you could either boost the, the highs by turning it up, turning the gain up or cut the highs by turning the gain down. You could do the same thing with the low end on your low shelf. Uh, again, very beneficial, you know, maybe give it some warmth. You know, in addition to that, in addition to that, you also have your uh, your peak and your notch. And your, your peak, essentially, your, your peak or peak notch, sometimes you'll see them combined. The peak essentially is a positive boost. It looks like a little camel hump you know, uh, and, and you can put it anywhere in the spectrum. And what it does is it'll choose the frequency that you choose that you select will be the center point or the focal point for where that peak or boost gets pushed. Um, you know, when it, when you actually cut it though, when you turn it down, uh, essentially that's known as a notch. So it's just like cutting out a notch on a piece of wood, you know, you're just notching something out. So the peak is the positive version of that. And the, the notch is the, the negative or the cut version of that, you know, taking it away. And, um, what you'll see is each of those will have a cue, what we call the cue. And essentially that's the cue is really the, the slope or the bandwidth that it's going to, uh, um, essentially affect. So like with a wide cue, um, that means that if you centered it at 1K, it will be broadly affecting 2K and 3K around it. Um, if you were to take that and then narrow the cue, um, it, it essentially it would tighten up so it's not affecting so many other frequencies around it. Now, little pointers with that, because most people are like, well, how do I decide when I should be using a, a tight cue or a, a broad cue? Uh, and and uh, the cue size is really based upon who you're trying to affect around it. For more realistic e equalization, you're going to use a broad cue. If you just are trying to get rid of something or you just really needed to boost something that needed to be brought out, a lot of times you're using it as a cut if you're going to sharpen the cue. You're just trying to find a frequency that's like bothering you. A ringing in the snare drum maybe sometimes. You know, we're just going to find that frequency and we'll cue it out. You know, so there you go. You have your, your peak notch. You have your high and low shelf. And then, of course, you have your, uh, your band pass, which is a, the combination of your high pass and your low pass. Now, one thing I always suggest for individuals who are brand new to equalization is to, if you don't know what you're supposed to cut, this is, or, or add, this is what I always say. Um, look, you're looking for cuts first a lot of times. You're not necessarily looking to boost everything. You know, so the easy way to do it is, you know, take, take your peak notch, and, the, and a lot of times those filters are combined, so it's just a that peak notch is that ability to either turn it up or turn it down anywhere and, and uh, in the middle of the range of the band. And we basically will take that filter and just say, you know, why don't we go ahead and boost this like, you know, four to six decibels and we'll cycle it through. What we'll, what we'll do is we'll sweep the filter. So we'll take the frequency and actually change it as we go, like sweep it through the spectrum. A lot of times what I'll suggest to people is if they don't know what they're really looking for there, you know, you sweep the band. Sweep the band, and you'll immediately know what you don't like. You'll go, oh, wow, that sounds like crap when I, when I add it here. So then what you could do is when you find those frequencies that you don't like, you could then maybe take it down a decibel and take it down to negative 1 dB in that same frequency and see what that sounds like. Bypass it, you know, and see what it sounds like when it's off, and then activate it and see if it really cleans up what your sound is. You know, overall, you're going to get better at EQ over time. 
Um, I do have a lot of suggestions. I did actually run out of time today. I do have a lot of suggestions about where to play some EQ in, with some basic instruments. So I'll get that in tomorrow's episode, and we'll talk about specific areas of equalization on your tracks. All right? See you guys.